Medicine is a paid medical program which does not reflect the opinions of the management and staff of WBRN and the Big Rapids Radio Network. West Michigan Primary Care Partners and WBRN present Talk Medicine with Rob Bennett and Dr. Singh. Talk Medicine is brought to you by Metron of Big Rapids. Caring for people, one person at a time. Welcome to Talk Medicine with Dr. Rashmi Juneja from Michigan Primary Care Partners in Big Rapids. Also, you can find her at michiganprimarycarepartners.com. I'm Rob Bennett, and this is News Radio WBRN, sponsored by Metron of Big Rapids, caring for people one person at a time. March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And so this is something that needs to be talked about a lot, but a lot of people don't like to talk about it because it has three C's. And I think the C's are what people don't like to say. It's colon cancer, and you just, you just I guess it has two C's, doesn't it? What is colon cancer? Well, colon cancer is the second most common cancer that leads to deaths in patients today. Uh, the number one cause of cancer-related death is lung, and number two is colon. Colon cancer is an abnormal growth inside the colon cavity, and it starts out as a small polyp. Some polyps never really turn into cancers, but then there are polyps that turn into different kinds of cancers. And uh, if we remove the polyps, we sort of abort the formation of this cancer. So it is one of the few cancers that is actually 100% curable, in my professional opinion. So colon cancer is a malignant growth of the inside of the colon. And the reason it is caught late in life is because most of the times you cannot feel it. If there's something on your skin or muscle or something obvious, then that's easier to catch. But because colon cancer is growing inside your colon and you don't have any symptoms from it, unfortunately, we are not able to catch it in a timely manner if the patients are not doing their screening tests. Is it something that's been more prevalent lately? What what is the cause of colon cancer? The cause of colon cancer is not exactly known. 40 to 60% of colon cancers are random, and we believe that aging, smoking, and uh, unhealthy food choices are the most probable causes of colon cancer. The colon cancer numbers have have uh, taken a little bit of a plunge in patients who are over the age of 50 because of aggressive screening procedures that are in place now. However, there is a slight increase in colon cancer in patients younger than age 50. And we are not really sure why that spike has been present for the last 5 to 10 years. But there's a decrease in colon cancer after the age of 50, but there seems to be an increased incidence from age 40 to 50. Hmm. And what what can be done to prevent it? Is it just a diet? Uh, diet is important, uh, but so are other things like smoking. Smoking is directly related to colon cancer. Also, if you have family history, let's say, for example, your father developed colon cancer at age 50, then when you are 45, you want to start Uh, getting colonoscopies to check for colon cancer. So those are things we can do. There are also some studies that show 
that a daily aspirin will reduce the risk of formation of colon cancer. There are many uh, theories about nitrates and different meats that uh, may contribute to colon cancer, but there is no definite if conclusive study that proves that. So in general, if we eat foods that are rich in fiber, antioxidants, vitamins, it might prevent colon cancer, but there is no study to prove it. Hmm. So age and smoking seems to be the two most important things that we can uh, see that leads to colon cancer. Now, you mentioned earlier that it was 100% curable in your opinion. Yes. Now, how do you treat it or how is that uh, treatable? Uh, if a patient uh, has a polyp and they do a colonoscopy and regular colonoscopies following their initial colonoscopy, the polyp can be removed and that way you can prevent the cancer from forming. In early stages of stage one, stage two even, uh, just by removing the growth by with the help of a colonoscope, colon cancer can be completely cured. Uh, the statistics for stage three and stage, stage three are also not very bad, although not as good as stage one and two, uh, but with a partial colectomy followed by chemotherapy, there's almost a 80 to 90% cure rate for stage three. Stage four, of course, becomes very difficult to treat and cure depending on the invasion of disease and the different organs that it has already reached. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, are there different um, are, are different symptoms in the patient from stage one to stage four or no? By the time it is stage four, I'm sure the patient has some symptoms. Yeah. So pain, uh, bleeding, bloating, constipation, or unable to pass uh, flatus or stool mm-hmm. uh, are all symptoms. But you will not see these things in stage one, two, or three because your colon is an elastic structure and it will expand to a certain degree before it really causes discomfort. And colon is one of the few organs in our body that has nerve endings only for stretch. So if there is a a high temperature, a low temperature, or there's a break, so the colon doesn't sense it. The only receptors it has is for stretch. So once the growth is enough that it is stretching the colon mucosa, that's when you feel something. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to have any symptom in stage one or two. You might have some in stage three or you will have symptoms in stage four. But we really want to catch it at stage zero. We are not even trying to catch it at stage one. Right. So if patients regularly go in for a test, uh, colonoscopy remains the gold standard, even though we have made some strides uh, with capsule endoscopy and some genetic testing. Uh, however, colonoscopy remains the gold standard. So if a patient turns 50, they have regular colonoscopies, their risk of having colon cancer should be almost zero. Hmm. So I was just going to ask you that. What other kinds of testing? I think you just mentioned a little bit of that, but what what are the tests involved? Uh, colonoscopy, which I would say is the gold standard, involves uh, about a three-day test period for the patient. Uh, so you need to prep for the colonoscopy for two days. Uh, by taking the prep, uh, we take a we take a medication or over-the-counter uh, um, liquid that helps in cleaning the bowel out. So when you are having a colonoscopy, if the surgeon is only able to look at stool material in the colon, it doesn't really help you. So it's important to take the prep, drink plenty of fluid so that all of the stool material is cleared out of the colon and 
and the mucosa can be visualized with ease with the help of colonoscopy. So you take the prep, which basically is makes you run to the bathroom hundred times yeah. a day. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> think think of yourself as a Hollywood star, yeah. you know, doing a famous colon <laughs> cleanse, right? or something like that. Uh, there's no easy way around it. That's probably the toughest part of the test is doing the prep and doing it right. And the third day is your colonoscopy where you do receive some sedation and you are not able to do the things that you would normally do that day because you cannot drive, don't go shopping, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't give your credit card to the radio stations, <laughs> I would say. Wow. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I didn't know that uh, it was that involved as far as the, uh, you know, the, the entire uh, three days. That's... Yeah, unfortunately, you have to prep for it mm -hmm. because if you don't prep for it well, then um, you know it really defeats the purpose of doing that. And test. then after the the third day, after you've uh, had that, then you go back like yep. to work or something you, the next you can, day. You can you can go back to work. You can eat, drink, do whatever. You just cannot drive. You just don't feel like sitting down. Is that what the deal is, or is everything <laughs> no, no. okay? Everything is okay. Everything's okay. You you can have a Big Mac. <laughs> That's the only day your doctor will say, oh, it's okay, but you don't have a Big Mac. <laughs> Besides colon cancer, what else can a colonoscopy detect? A colonoscopy can detect polyps or lipomas. Uh, we had a patient uh, who had a mantle cell lymphoma, so we have discovered that also in the colon. If you have diverticuli, which are like little wrinkles in the colon wall, those can be seen also. Uh, hemorrhoids. Mm -hmm. So those are the majority of things that we see. If you're doing a colonoscopy and you find something, do you fix it then? 99% of the time, yes. Yeah. So that everything is uh, taken care of, which mm -hmm. is a good thing because yes. then you don't have to go through all of that again. And mm -hmm. is it something that you're um, uh, completely out for? We use what is called conscious sedation. So you are out, but if we want to arouse you, you are arousable. Oh, okay. So 90% uh, of the patients don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And we do make two 90 degree turns when we are doing the colonoscopy. One turn is under your spleen and one turn is under your liver. And sometimes, you know, patients will feel a little bit of discomfort or feel it, but that's about all they feel. Wow. And we can always uh, put the patients into deeper sedation, uh, but uh, we use the whatever we need. We don't sedate the patients any uh, more than what is needed to prefer, to finish the test. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> now, when you start having these, you should have the colonoscopy every five years or every year. Uh, no, the recommendation right now, if you have a completely normal colonoscopy, is every ten years. Oh, every ten. If you have a problem, then depending on the size of the problem, if you had very large uh, adenomatous uh, polyps that had some dysplastic changes, we would say go every three years. If you had just some hyperplastic polyps that didn't look like uh, too much of a problem, then I would say go every five years. Mm -hmm. But if you have nothing, everything looks great, you could go 10 years without now, too many problems. With March being Colon Cancer Awareness Month, mm -hmm. I mean, how... How do you bring the awareness to people? I mean, how do you bring that up? 
I think there is a little bit of um, shyness, I would stay, say, associated with the colonoscopy. It's not a test that the patients volunteer for. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot depends on their providers. A lot depends on the media. I, I think uh, there was a TV personality. Her husband had colon cancer, and I think she did a lot to bring awareness to colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So by uh, by you doing a show on uh, colon cancer, by the media promoting it, by patients uh, getting reading material about the test and what it involves and what it prevents, it would increase the awareness for uh, colonoscopy. Um, of course, the most important link remains your provider. So if your primary care provider offers the test or asks you the question, hey, you turned 50, have you had your colonoscopy yet? Mm-hmm. And if they have not, most of the patients will agree to do the test. Yeah. So, now, is there a chance that this, uh, this is something that I thought if you tie in losing weight to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, do you lose any weight by doing this? You will lose three, four pounds yeah. when you do the prep. Uh, but then when you leave and... And have the Big Mac, <laughs> then it all comes back. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you do lose some weight because you sort of clean out everything in your bowel wall. Yeah. And you're not eating what you normally eat. You are having a clear liquid diet. You're yeah. having juices and broths for a couple of days. So by default, you will lose a few pounds. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. That maybe that was the way to promote it. Because if you promote losing weight, everybody wants to jump <laughs> on it. Everybody wants to do it. If you said, hey, you could lose 10 pounds with this uh, colonoscopy, people would be lining up at your door. Yeah, unfortunately, <clears throat> I cannot say that. But yes, you could you could lose two to four pounds. Oh. That's very realistic. Yeah. And, and there are... Uh, colonics or there are colon clinics in different states. I don't think Michigan allows that Mm -hmm. where patients just take the prep to lose a little weight and they believe uh, that they will have some sort of cleansing by doing that. Wow. And um, I mean, our GI tract is amazing. Uh, All of our cells are almost like stem cells and the lining of your colon is actually shed every 24 to 48 hours replaced by a completely new lining. So by doing the prep, you really don't hurt anything. Um, Wow. (laughs) I had no idea of that. It's like a snake. It is actually like a snake. (laughs) And uh, there are a lot of centers, like I know Harvard is one of them, where they are taking a swab from your buccal mucosa and they are generating stem cells from that. So you do sort of shed your entire GI tract every few days. I think I mentioned it when we were first starting out uh, today that these are, I mean, both these words, colon and cancer, are things that people are kind of, they just don't, they shy away from those words. I mean, that's the tough thing about about this one. You know, you don't want to... People don't even want to say cancer. They don't. You know, they always call it the c word or mm-hmm. something like that. They find a different way of saying it. You know, I think as a society we don't have trouble talking about lung cancer, breast cancer, but there seems to be some inhibition about colon cancer, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why. Yeah. And colon cancer is the number two cause of cancer-related deaths in USA. So that is something that we need to keep in mind. So we're always pushing for lung, lung, and lung is number one, but colon is number two, and it is preventable, and it is sad if we are not able to prevent it in this day and age. Okay, I'm not sure that we want to go with number two. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't know, but maybe, all right. I should have thought of a better word. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's fine. Um, what are the advantages of having a colonoscopy in a surgery center rather than in a hospital? Uh, I think the biggest advantage is uh, cost savings. Uh, surgery centers are most cost poor, cost effective. There is incentive by several insurance companies to use surgery centers for minor procedures. It's a quicker in and out. You have less chances of infection because you don't have the very, very sick people who are in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quicker, it's cheaper, it's, it's just better for the patient. Their recovery times are faster. This is Talk Medicine <laughs> with Dr. Rashmi Juneja from Michigan Primary Care Partners in Big Rapids. MichiganPrimaryCarePartners.com. I'm Rob Bennett, and this is News Radio WBRN, sponsored by Metron of Big Rapids, caring for people one person at a time. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Talk Medicine with Rob Bennett and Dr. Singh on WBRN, brought to you by Metron of Big Rapids, caring for people one person at a time.